Good afternoon. On behalf of the bereaved family, we would like to express thanks and appreciation for your attendance here today, your show of love, concern, and support to the bereaved family during this, their loss of a dear loved one, Sister Anne, is so very much appreciated. God bless you. Bow with me as we open in a word of prayer. Father, again, for this another day, we say thank you. You are the God of all gods, the God who is always in control. And despite when we face these trying and difficult times and sorrowful times in the passing of a dear loved one, we know that we can look for you for strength, for help, and for grace. So we pray, dear Father, that you would undergird the family today in the loss of Sister Anne. We ask that you would strengthen and encourage their hearts. Your word tells us that for the believer to be absent from the body is to be present with you. And we know today that Sister Anne is in glory. She made her faith, place faith and trust in you so very many years ago. So we just commit this service, this time, and the family to you. Thank you again, dear Father, for your grace, your love, your care, and your mercy. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we ask it. Amen. Pastor Ed comes, Brother Ed comes to lead us in the music. Good afternoon, church. Day by day, members other than members of the family, please stand.
seated. Leanne Andrews, a granddaughter, now comes with a New Testament scripture reading from 1 Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind, who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we, we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from the heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Hence, the scripture reading. I have a communication from Pastor Rob and Sister Beth that I would like to read. Beth and I send our sincere condolences and our love today to Sister Shelley and Natasha and to all of Anne's dear family. We're sorry we had to miss the homegoing service due to previous plans which we could not change. We are currently off the island. Anne became dear to us even in the short two years that we have known her. Some of the words which describe Anne would be generous, kind, willing, eager to learn, brief and to the point in our phone calls, persevering, friendly, social, a reader, especially of the Bible, very eager to gather with other believers to worship God. Sister Anne was at total peace with the prospect of dying. Prior to her last surgery, she told Beth that she was not afraid to die, that she was ready to go if it was her Lord's will to call her home to heaven during or after the surgery. Anne will be missed by so many. She leaves a legacy of faith and love. Like her, may we be ready to meet God because of Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross and because we are fully trusting and resting in that marvelously finished work. We close this condolence greeting with our Lord Jesus' comforting words of hope. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. With our love and prayers, Pastor Rob and Sister Beth Elliott. Sister Brenda Ferguson comes now with As I Knew Her and she'll be followed by Sister Andrea Major with a solo. As I knew I, I can really say amen to everything Pastor Bob said. Anne loved God. She loved her family. She loved all those grandchildren. Her prayers at every prayer meeting was her grandchildren especially. And if you want to do something for Anne today, you just give yourself to Jesus and Anne would be at peace, at least she's peace now, but that's her aim and goal was just to know that her children is walking with the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
that's Anne. She became a member. I really get close to Anne during our prayer meeting. She was a member of our prayer meeting, faithful. Sometimes prayer meeting starts at 6.30. My dear, sometime Anne calling at 4. I say, no. I say, no, Anne, it's, it's too early. Sometimes she'll call me Venice thinking it's Saturday morning. I say, no, Anne, it's not Saturday. But I want to say to your family, to Anne's family, you can be at peace. Anne loved God. She loved people. She is generous. She always want to give. Sister Brenda, I want to take you for lunch. I say, I'll tell you what, Anne. We'll wait Saturday morning. I'm going to take everybody for lunch. But I want to take you for lunch. She always wanted to be given. She was a wonderful, wonderful person. Free, honest, and sincere. And the question she'll ask you, open and honest, and she always want to be learning. And everything she learned, she wanted to share. Our prayer meeting try, uh, supposed to be one hour. And Anne would always have something to share. We love to say, Anne, let's wait until after prayer time and then we'll talk about it. But I want to say to you all, Anne love God. And I wish everyone in here would just have that determination and desire to love God the way Anne loved God. You all be encouraged. Anne is safe. Amen. Shelley and the entire family, I thank you for allowing me to participate with you today in this home going. Anne was a close friend of mine too, and, and if she didn't see me at church, she'd always call and say, I didn't see you at church, what's going on? And then she'd also always say, I want to read a scripture with you, and then let's pray. And then she'd tell me how I could pray for her. Also, if I had a birthday and she saw those birthdays in the bulletin, she'd always call and just bless you and again pray and say how you could pray for her. So I really appreciate being here today. And the song that I'm going to sing is Amazing Grace. Like me 
Thank you very much, Sister Andrea, for that message in song. Permit me, please, to publicly extend my sincere Christian condolences to the family and friends of Anne. I had the pleasure of getting to know Sister Anne Roberts some 28 years ago. And it was under very difficult circumstances, but God used the situation to the point that I was able to lead her husband to the Lord just before he died. And if anything Anne appreciated was knowing that her husband went home to be with the Lord. Not many, well, just a few years afterwards, Anne started coming to me for help. And as I shared with Anne, no matter where I try to take her, she bring me back to Freddie, her husband. That was what she wanted to talk about. She wanted to talk about her husband. I was able to help her to work through the things that she was concerned about. But as soon as she was sure that everything was all right with Freddie because she tried to tell me all of the things that he did and I told her, as I would say to you today, it's not your goodness that is gonna get you to heaven. It's not even the bad things you do that is gonna stop you from going to heaven. It's what you would do with Jesus Christ. And as was said already, was a giving individual. I, uh, sorry, Sister Brenda, but I, I have it all written down here. I'm not even gonna go through it anymore because what Pastor Rob said, I had written down here. What you said, I have it written down here, so I'm gonna do it right from memory. Sister Anne was one of those who love people. She was concerned about the well-being of people. Same thing. Pastor Anna, could I take you to Wendy's? Sister uh, Anna, I'm kind of busy today, but another day. When we ended up going, which was few, of very few times, I ended up picking up the bill. She was disappointed. She wanted to pay the bill. I remember one time she came to me and she was sharing some stuff with me telling me all that she was going to do it all. This, all her, she had her monies figured right out to the T. And after she left, I called Shelly. I said, Shelly, you need to check on your mom. I said, she's giving away everything she got. <laughs> I mean, seriously, she loved the Lord. And there was nothing that she wouldn't do. Every opportunity that she got that she could learn about the Lord, she did it. Every opportunity. 
Sometimes she says, somebody paid for me to go such and such a place. And she says to me, but Pastor, did you know something? I don't remember half of what they say. And I encourage her. I said, Sister Anne, I know it's difficult. The medication you are on is probably causing you not to remember as well as you should. But I said, I am not much better than you are. She says, oh no, you could quote the scriptures. I said, I've been quoting them long enough. Some just get stuck in there somewhere. And I remind of Brother Jaisal Thompson. You all, most of you at least knows him, the older ones anyway. He was a man who had a command for the word of God. And I remember once I was saying to him, I said, Brother Jaisal, I really appreciate the way you share God's word. And he said to me, I said to him, I said, my problem is I read the word of God. I study the word of God. My problem is remembering what I study after I study it. And he said to me, he says, he said, Brother Arnett, water doesn't stay in sieve, does it? Well, when I heard that, I said, oh boy, here I am pouring my heart out to Brother Jaisal and he is telling me my brain is a sieve. But then I began to listen to him. He says, you know what is important? Sieve cannot hold water. But if the sieve is dirty and you keep pouring water on it, it will keep the sieve clean. And I said the same thing to Anne. I said, Anne, that's what I was told and I've been living with that all these years. I say, keep pouring water on the sieve. And I can say to you again this evening, there is nothing she loved more than her family next to God. She wants to see Shelley back in the choir. I said, Sister Anne, you got to let Shelley decide what she wants to do. He said, but that's where she's supposed to be. I said, but Anne, you know, in her time, God will bring her back. And she will go down the line and she will call everyone, the grandchildren's name, but both, both daughters, and she would ask me, as Brenda said, she will call, ask me to pray for them, or when she is there, we are praying for her family. And may I say to you, there is nothing more in this world that she would like today than to know that each one of you put your trust in Jesus Christ. And if nothing else that you hear today, please remember, if you want to see Anne again, you're going to have to do what she did, come by the way of the cross. And you will not only see Anne, but you will be able to spend eternity with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I encourage you today. I beg you today. Now is the accepted time, says the word of God. Now is the day of salvation. If you hear my voice, Jesus said, harden not your heart. Shall we pray? Our Father, 
You are a gracious, loving, compassionate Heavenly Father. And we come this evening remembering the life of your child, Angela Roberts. Lord, we know that she isn't here. The remains are here, but she is absent from the body and is present with you. And for this we say to God, be the glory. For her life, her desire to serve you, her willingness to do whatever she could because she loved you. I pray for the family this afternoon. I ask, oh Heavenly Father, that you will draw each one of them closer to you. Help them to realize that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And those who know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that you will give them the desire to allow you to meddle in their lives so that when their time comes, we will be able to say the same thing about them, that they loved the Lord and was willing to serve him. Get glory, I pray thee, this evening, especially as your word go out there, God. Speak to the hearts of your people. Encourage those who are discouraged. Comfort those who are downtrodden. And for those who may not know you as Lord and Savior, I pray, O oh God, my Father, that the Holy Spirit will convict and you will be glorified. For it's in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, and all God's people said, Amen. Cherie Andrews, a granddaughter, now comes with a tribute. Before I say this poem, I had an acronym for my Grammy. So I'd just like to say that her name is Angela. So to me, A stood for amazing, N stood for noble, G stood for generous, E stood for encouraging, L stood for loving, and A stood for angelic, for Grammy. Here today, gone tomorrow. Lord, please take away our sorrow. The teaching you brought into our lives makes us want to strive. 
when we saw the smile upon your face, we couldn't help but to embrace your love, your touch, and your voice. The final state you were in, you rejoiced. That we will always remember because you were a true believer. In our world's garden of memories, we see you standing there. Oh, how you used to bake delicious cookies. The best part was we all got to share. The memories we shared will never be erased. Grammy, you can never be replaced. God has you in this case, and we have you in our hearts. It is well, it is well with my soul, and peace like a river attendeth my way. Other than those members of the family, immediate family, please stand, congregation.
this glorious thought. My Good afternoon. Just so you would know, pink was Anne's favorite color. Isn't that nice? Beautiful. So that's why you see all the pinks here, and it looks wonderful. Amen? And the Bible says, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth shall be established. Well, Brenda has said it, Pastor Rob has said it, Pastor Arnold has said it. Now I'm number four, so it's really going to be the truth. Anne Roberts loved her Lord. Anne Roberts loved the Word of God. Anne Roberts loved the Lord's people. Anne Roberts loved to pray, and she loved to talk about Jesus Christ. She loved to read and study the Word, and she loved to write. And she listened to the preacher preaching. 
She used to call me at times and sometimes late in the night. And she would say, Alan, I mean Pastor Lee. You see, I knew Anne and her family years before I became a pastor, so it was a little difficult for her to call me pastor. But anyway, she would say, you said such and such. What did you mean by that? And this would be 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. She wanted to know what was going on. Or she would call and ask to discuss a passage she was reading and studying herself. She spent a lot of time with Nancy, memorizing scripture and praying. Anne Roberts was a faithful woman of God. She ministered to children for a good part of her life as a believer in Christ. She started at Central Gospel Chapel, working with young people. I fellowshiped there. That's when I first came to know the Wells family and all of that, Dodd and all of, the, all of the family there. Then, of course, as you know, she taught at We Wisdom. She taught at Jack and Jill. And then she came here, and what did she do? She joined Awana. And it's so great to see all the Awana leaders here in her memory now today. So she loved children. She loved to minister. I was pleasantly surprised to find Anne here at Calvary when I came here in 1992 as well. Anne Roberts was a Christian warrior. Her life was not always easy, but she kept faith in her Lord regardless of the tough times or the tough people that she met on a regular basis. I believe that's why prayer and Bible reading was so important to Anne. The ladies' Bible class here at Calvary was also important to her. These were her means of finding spiritual and psychological solace, peace, and tranquility of soul. I thank God that she's rejoicing in his presence today, right now. And Anne Roberts was longing for this, to be in his presence. I can just imagine the questions that she's asking Jesus right now. I can just imagine that. And she's got her iPad too, I guess, writing and everything what he's going to be answering. Can you imagine that? Anne Roberts sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning from him. Being in his presence. What does that really mean? Did Anne Roberts really imagine being in his presence, being with Jesus? We say this all the time, don't we? Especially at services like this, or when we hear of the passing of a loved one, we know who is a believer in Christ. We always talk about being absent from the body and present with the Lord. Don't we? We're always talking about it. And especially if that loved one had experienced pain and severe illness prior to death, we see there's a release from that. And we like to say, she's now what? Present with the Lord. We rejoice in that because it is all over now, the pain and the suffering, and she is in the presence of Jesus Christ. Those words are meant to be words of comfort, of assurance and blessing for the loved ones. And it is, just think about it. In fact, when last have you really thought about being in the presence of Christ? When last have you tried to imagine what it would be like to be with Jesus 
When last have you tried to imagine what it would mean to be in his presence? Does the Bible tell us anything about it at all? Yes, it does. So we're going to spend some time this afternoon talking about heaven. Listen to these words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 10. Paul was trying to imagine the very thing, what it meant to be with Jesus, what it meant to be in his presence. I'll read the text and just make some comments as we go along. You see, reading the truth in its context helps us to understand the intent of the author quite well. And it speaks to Sister Anne's condition right now and the fact that she is really with the Lord in his presence because of her faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. Anne is no longer imagining what it would be like. She has now experienced the reality of that experience. She knows what it means now to be with Jesus, to be in his presence. So we're going to talk about that because I want you to imagine what it will be like yourself. Listen to what Paul says, beginning at verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. For we know, those are the words of the Apostle Paul, for we know. This tells us that we can be sure of what he's about to say. This is not hearsay. This is just not make-believe. This is not some fairy tale. This is something we could know for sure. It's a blessed assurance, the truth that he's expressing now. He says, we know, and Rob, Anne Roberts knew that too for sure. We know what? That if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed. Now Paul explains and describes what this tent is. It's our earthly home, his body. To be destroyed means to die. So he's talking about what happens to this body when we die. Now, if we stop there, some would conclude that Paul is talking about our physical house that we call our home. But he isn't finished yet. Listen to what he says, quote, we have a building from God. Notice he moves from a tent to a building, something that is temporary to something that is more permanent. We have a building from God a house not made with hands. And that, you know, most homes, in fact, all homes are made with hands, but not this one that he's talking about here. Eternal in the heavens. Listen carefully now. This is the word of God. We know that this building that is our home to become, to our home to come, is actually a building from God and it is not made with human hands. So it tells us right away, it's entirely different from what's on this earth. Can you imagine that? A building not made with, with hands, a building that is eternal. Notice here, our home here is a tent, as I mentioned, something that is temporary. But the one being built by God is the building, it's permanent. We also know that it's eternal according to this text, and also we know it is in heaven. So these few words tell us a lot about the home that Anne Roberts was once imagining, but now she's experiencing in reality. This must be quite a glorious home, isn't it? And it belongs to those who know Jesus Christ as Savior forever, for eternity. Imagine that. What a blessing to know this, amen? 
It's a blessing. Surely for those of us who know our Bibles, we cannot help but be reminded of some of the last words of Jesus Christ himself that he said to his disciples when he was going away. This is what he says in John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. I say that to the family. Let not your hearts be troubled concerning the departure of Ann Roberts. Believe in God, she did. Believe also in me, she did. In my father's house are many rooms. The King James Version says many mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Now, isn't that amazing? Now we're being told about the one who's actually going to be preparing the home for us. It's Jesus Christ himself. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. So you see, let not your heart be troubled. And didn't just die. And went away because Jesus Christ came to take her to be with himself. That's why she's not here. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? One of the many wonderful truths brought out here is that Jesus himself is the contractor and probably the architect also. He's the one designing and building our eternal home in heaven. It's his hands that are accomplishing the work. Those hands that were one nailed to the cross is now using a heavenly hammer and heavenly nails to build his home. Imagine that. God the Father is also to be the builder in another part of scripture. It shows that Jesus is God, and therefore he and the Father are one. And Jesus says when he's done, he's coming back to escort us to take possession of our home that he is preparing. Now, as you undoubtedly know, he comes for us in one or two ways, by death or by what we call the rapture, the snatching away. Jesus saw fit to come for Anne Roberts via death. So for her and for all who die before Christ comes to us via the rapture, death, listen family, let not your heart be troubled. Death for the believer is the doorway to glory. Death for the believer is the doorway to glory. Imagine that, say it with me. Imagine that, a doorway to glory. Now, Jesus tells us in his final words in the book of Revelation, that we have another home, one in which our body home will be placed. We've got two homes. This body is a home, but we've got another home as well. This body will be placed in another home that's called the Father's house. That's our future home. The building from God, Paul speaks of in our passage, our glorified body will be placed in that home built by God the Father, which he calls in the book of Revelation, the New Jerusalem. That's the father's house. That's Sister Anne's future home that she's now watching being completed. It isn't completed yet. She's watching the building being completed. Jesus describes this home for us in the book of Revelation very much in detail. It's got awesome gates. Yeah, we're gonna be living in a gated community. It's got awesome gates made of awesome jewels. It is 1,500 miles high. This goes beyond Earth's atmosphere into space, outer space. 
It's also 1,500 miles wide. That's half the size of the, size of the United States of America. It's 1,500 miles long. It's probably like a cube or, uh, or uh, what's the other thing? Pyramid. Now this means that the New Jerusalem is larger than India with nearly 2 million square miles. A Christian architect has concluded that if a building in a city this high and has a generous 12 feet per story, most of the stories are 10 feet. This one has 12, if it was 12 feet, the building that is described in the book of Revelation would be over 600,000 stories high. 600,000 stories high. Imagine that. Can you say that? Imagine that. The size of your apartment could really be a mansion because of the size. Actually, I believe it's going to be a condo. In fact, I believe it's going to be a penthouse because Jesus tells us in the book of Revelation that one day this new Jerusalem is coming to earth. That means it's in heaven now. It's probably hovering. So we are going to be in a penthouse in a building that is over 600,000 stories high. Can you imagine that? One other smart, smart mathematician says this. I want you to think about heaven. I want you to think about where Anne Roberts is and where you could go if you receive Jesus Christ as your savior. This smart mathematician said, if you are one mile away from the city, you would not see the top of it, but you might be able to see it if you are 10 miles away. At 5,000 miles away, it would appear more than 100 times larger than the moon. To appear the size of the moon, you would have to be 160,427 miles away. Can you imagine that? That's quite a home. Sister Anne is seeing this work in progress. While she is waiting for a new home, her body, to be given to her. Now, this home is not like Bahama. It will be finished on time. You can bet your life on that, all right? Can you imagine that? A building like this being completed on time? So let's review now. Let's review this home. Who is the architect and builder of this 70-sitter? The 70-sitter? City, city? John 14 says it's Jesus. Hebrews 11 says it's God the Father. This is a well-built home for Anne and for everyone who knows Christ. It's built by divine hands. Where is this amazing city that God is preparing for our new home, our new body? It's at this moment in far outer space, God's dwelling that we call heaven. That's where Anne is now because she is at Christ. And remember this now, heaven is where Jesus is. Amen? Now, what's the size of this home? We've talked about it already. The new, the new name is Jerusalem. And the book of Revelation tells us that every believer will be given a new name. We will be given a new name when we get our new body, and that new body with a new name will be placed in a new city called the New Jerusalem. So I don't know what the address is, but we've got one. The walls, it has tremendous walls, according to Revelation. These walls are 216 feet high, and it surrounds the city, but amazingly, it has gates, but they're always open. 
Why do you want gates if they're always open? But that's Stephanie City. Think about it. Can you imagine that? The glorious wall, 20 stories high, and it's made out of solid jasper. President Trump's wall fade into insignificance when we think about this wall. Can you imagine that? Imagine it. Now, the gates, according to Revelation 12, there's three, three on each side of the, of the city, each one made of one single gigantic pearl. That's right. We'll be living in a gated city, and the gates will be made of pearl. Can you imagine that? The foundation has 12 foundations, each one made of a precious stone also. Every color of the, of the rainbow is represented. So at a distance, the city will appear to be resting upon a rainbow. Can you imagine that? This magnificent city resting on a rainbow. The streets, they're made out of gold. Transparent glass, Revelation 21 tells us. How will this look? How will this look? Well, according to the book of Revelation, this holy city tells us it was prepared as a bride adorned for a husband having the glory of God, and her light will be like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Can you imagine that? And right now is watching all of this taking place, being built. Now, Revelation 22 describes for us some phenomenal features of this, mag this magnificent city. The tree of life will be there. It says in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bear 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. No more illness, no more sickness, no more pain, no more tears, all's gone. The tree of life is there for us. This tree will yield a new crop of fruit according to the scriptures each month. Now we could go on and on describing the city. But Anne Roberts is there right now watching it all being done, witnessing the completion of enjoying this wondrous city as she waits for her new body. Now let's take a few moments to talk about this body, just a few moments. Go back to our passage in, in 1 Corinthians 5. Paul continues, it says, for in this tent, in this physical body, we groan. I want you to know that's true. I groan every day because of this body. For in this tent we groan, longing to, be, to put on our heavenly dwelling, longing for this new body to be given us. So Paul is actually looking forward to the rapture now when we receive our new glorified body. Paul is imagining it, what his new body will be like. He says, if indeed by putting on it, we may not be found naked. In other words, he says he doesn't want to be found without a body. He wants a body. For while we are still in this present body, we groan, being burdened, being concerned, troubled by the fact that we could be unclothed. But he says now in this text, he knows that won't happen. Paul seems to be saying that for him, at the time of his writing, he was not really focusing on being with Christ without a body. Now, that's amazing. He is saying that it's going to be, be better to have a glorified body than to be with Christ without that body. 
So he's looking at something that is good, something that is better, and something that is best. For him, it was good to stay on the earth to minister God's people, but it would be better to go to Christ to be without this body. But the best thing is to have a new body and to be placed into new Jerusalem. That's what he's saying. Notice what he's saying. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. Paul is really looking forward to being, having a body that is immortal and eternal. He is imagining what his transformation would be like on that glorious day, that same day that Anne Roberts is anticipating. He describes this glorious event of the transformation of the body in 1 Corinthians 15. Listen to the words. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That is, we shall not all die. Talking to Christians. But we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God, which give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Ann Roberts is experiencing that victory right now in glory. But there was another, that was Paul's option, you see. I want you to listen to what he says now at his glorious body. He says, as long as we are in this body, we are away from the Lord. Listen carefully now. As long as we are in this corruptible body, we are away from the Lord. We cannot be with the Lord forever in this corruptible body. That's why although we will be with him for time before the rapture, we will not be forever. We are away from the Lord. As long as we are in this body, we are away from the Lord. We have to be away from this body in order to be at home with the Lord. This body is not fit for glory. It has to be changed. So Paul continues, for we walk by faith, not sight. He's talking here about the fact that it's by faith we see this transformation taking place and this model put on immortality and so on. Therefore he says, yeah, we are of good courage. We can be assured, he says, we know even without sight, that's faith. Listen to what he says, and we would rather be away from the body, not at home here, and present with the Lord. Notice it, we would rather be absent from the body, but present with the Lord. Couple of things here, absent, present. There's no delay in between. Anne's last breath here on this earth was her first breath with Jesus Christ in glory. Beautiful truth here. Heaven is where Jesus is. Anne Roberts is in heaven with Jesus. Heaven is being with Jesus. She's not here. She's there. 
She closed her eyes on earth and opened them in glory. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Get that. To be absent is to be present. Nothing in between. To be absent is to be present. That's why we can shout out for Anne and say, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Anne Roberts is most certainly one of his saints. She has now been called home to be with Christ until she is ready to receive her new body and her rewards for serving him on earth. And that's why Paul could conclude now in this passage. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Anne Roberts, as is testified here today, lived to please her Lord. And now she awaits with her Savior to receive that reward. I ask you that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it would be like to stand before our Savior when he, become, when he comes, not as our Savior, but as our judge? Anne did, and she prepared to meet her God. Have you prepared? Are you ready to stand before Jesus as your judge? I ask you, can you imagine standing before him? If you accept Jesus Christ as your savior and live to please him, you can. But if you don't receive him, you will never see Anne Roberts again. Now, here again, let me close with the words of the scripture. Then, You'll have a short video and be closed. Revelation 21. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty from the Lamb, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And his gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of all nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will, they will need no light or lamp of sun. For the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Can you imagine that? Let's take a few moments as you view this video and imagine what it will be like to be in the presence of the Savior. I can only imagine 
what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only I can only imagine I can only imagine When that day comes And I find myself Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I would do Is forever Forever worship you only imagine, yeah. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? As noted in the bulletin, the service will end here at the church. There will be no graveyard service, so we will do the committal 
at this particular time. Now, some of you who do not know the scriptures or do not know Anne, you might say, how can we be so sure that Anne Roberts will be in the new Jerusalem? How can we be sure that she will be raised and be given a new body? Well, four reasons. First of all, because there was a time in Anne Roberts' life when she learned from the scriptures that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And she learned that Jesus Christ, God's son, took the penalty for her sin on Calvary's cross. And she learned the scripture says, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. Anne Roberts believed that. She placed her faith in Christ. And as a result, she was cleansed from her sin. So as I take this red rose and put it on the casket that contains the remains of Anne Roberts, I do so with assurance that she was cleansed by the blood of Christ because she placed faith in Christ. But at the same time, not only was she cleansed by the blood of Christ, she was also clothed with the righteousness of Christ. In other words, every good thing that God wanted in a person in order for that person to come into glory, had to come to Jesus Christ. He's the only one who had true righteousness. And so Anne was not only cleansed from a sin by the blood of Christ because she placed faith in him, but when she did so, she was also clothed in his righteousness. Therefore, God could accept her as his child because she was clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So as I take this white rose and put it on the casket that contains the remains of Anne, I do so with assurance that not only was Anne Roberts cleansed by the blood of Christ from her sin, but she was also clothed in the righteousness of Christ so she could stand in the presence of God. Why did she do this? Because as we saw, she read the Bible, she believed what God says. She knew that God could not lie. Anne Roberts believed the word that says, if you believe in me, you will never die, you will have eternal life. Anne Roberts believed that. Anne Roberts believed that if we place faith in Christ, she would be saved. When she placed faith in Christ, she became a new creature. She became a new person in Christ, awaiting a new body. Because she was told in the word as we saw, it is coming a time when a new city will be built called New Jerusalem with streets of gold, and one day all those who place faith in Christ will be put in that city. So Anne Roberts believed the word of God. And so as I take this blue flower and put it here, it speaks of the truthfulness of the word. I do so with assurance that God spoke to Anne through his word. Anne believed his word, and as a result, she became a new person awaiting a new body. And that's what Anne is doing right now with Christ. She doesn't have the new body right now. She's gonna get that new body the same time I get it, and the same time everyone who received Jesus Christ as Savior gets. But Anne is still with the Lord right now, rejoicing as only those who know Christ can rejoice. So she believed the word that she would receive a new body. That one day, because she became a new creature, she would be given a new body, and that new body would be placed in the new Jerusalem. So as I take this golden rose and put it there, I do it with insurance 
Ron Roberts will be raised. She will be transformed. She will be given a new glorified immortal body, an incorruptible body. And that new body, because she is a new person, will be placed in the new Jerusalem to be with the God who saved her for eternity. Can you imagine that? Now, the thing is, and I say to you, all the family members and friends, you could see Anne Roberts again if you place faith in her Savior, if you trusted Christ the way she did. If you don't, the last you've seen is her, which you saw in this casket. But one day you'll see her as a new person if you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior as well. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that tells us that Jesus Christ, your son, the holy, spotless, sinless son of God, came to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sin on Calvary's cross. He paid the penalty for our sin. And now simply by placing our faith, trust in him, relying upon him, the basis for our salvation, we can become a new person awaiting a new body to be placed in the new Jerusalem. Father, I can't imagine that because of your word today. May all the people here as well be able to imagine themselves standing in the presence of God in the new Jerusalem as a new person with a new body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May we all stand for our recessional when we all get to heaven.